if uh, you have your Bibles, if you could go, go with me, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter eight. Uh, we've been in this neighborhood for a while. The Lord has uh, uh, helped us uh, to see, kind of, I believe, helped us to see the importance of the the tabernacle and why He gave so much attention to it. Today, there's a. Uh, we're just going to build on on this but there's a i believe a specific word for the season that the lord has given us for us for the nation so we're going to launch from here and go into that hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 5 speaking about the tabernacle it says they serve as a sanctuary at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven this is why moses was warned when he was about about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern showed, shown you on the mountain. We've been in this neighborhood for a long time. Last week we began to go into the inner courts and see what that was all about. Um, today I would like us to stay in that neighborhood as we uh, build build on these thoughts. I have an announcement to make though before we start that today we are going to leave different from the way that we came in in Jesus name. It is impossible to be in his presence. It is impossible to be in, in his with him in our lives of this magnitude and not leave with something of transformative nature. Praise the Lord. Uh, if, if we could put that that picture. Oh, look how sharp this team is. Mm. Praise the Lord. So this is a, a picture of that tabernacle that Moses was instructed to build. And we learned about the first two furniture pieces and how the Lord was preparing us uh, to go into the inner courts where, where we get closer to the presence of God. The last week we talked about the main difference between the outer court, which is what we see on the outside, and the inner court, which is inside the tent. The main difference is the source of light. Okay, the outer court takes its light from the sun and from that which is created. But the inner court, it takes its light from the, 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 the golden lampstand or the menorah. And from that, it's, it, it's representative, representative of the Holy Spirit. So it's a revelatory, illuminating light that causes us to see from within. Whereas on the outside, it is just a natural light. And for us who are born again, who are children of God, it is very important that, that though we live in the world, that we draw uh, our, our light or our source of light is from the inner court light and not the outer court light. If we fail to understand the difference, it means we will be born again in our spirit, but in our thinking we'll be no different from anybody else who doesn't even believe. Okay, our difference is not only the fact that we are born again, but the fact that we draw our light from not from external light, meaning not from what we see with our eyes or hear with our ears. Amen. We draw and process and determine, make decisions that the direction for our lives, it comes, it comes from the internal light of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can we say amen? That's what makes us unique. That what's, that's what makes us different. Now, I was reading a book uh, some time back called Lie on Your Wounds. It's the, it's the collected letters of Robert Sobukwe, who was the uh, founder of the Pan-African Congress in South Africa, who was fighting the apartheid system in South Africa. And he was arrested with Nelson Mandela, and he was 
uh, also in, on, on, in prison for many years on Robben Island. And I, I found it interesting, the introduction to this book, it was written by his daughter. And she said this, and I just wanted to quote, quote it, what, what she wrote, I thought it was very interesting. It said, Paradoxal, paradoxically, Robben Island is one of the most beautiful places in the world. But when you put yourself in the shoes of a prisoner, there comes a shift of perspective. Suddenly things begin to lose their beauty. I thought that was interesting because Robben Island is the most beautiful place in the world. But to the prisoner, it's not so beautiful. The reason it's not so beautiful is because he sees Robben Island through the lens of his prison that he is in. And that limits the beauty significantly. Amen? It's what you are focusing in on that determines your outlook of, it, of everything. And you can use the reverse, the, the reverse pris, uh, principle uh, for, for this as well. Meaning that you could be in a dark situation. You could be in a hell of a situation. But if you enter into the inner courts where you get light from the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, it's not so dark anymore. Hallelujah. And, and I would like to present the idea that what we are entering into as the people of God, by way of this inner court, it shapes our view on everything. Hallelujah. Everything has to be filtered through the lens of God's light. Because when God's light shines on a thing, darkness is limited. Darkness is paralyzed. The shift changes strategic, uh, significantly and it leaves us in a place of hope where there should be despair. Beauty for ashes, light for darkness, life for death. Amen? It does not come from external light, it comes from internal light. Amen? So, so God is not afraid of darkness. All right, God is not worried about darkness. In fact, some of the greatest revelations, the two most prophetic books in the scripture is the book of Ezekiel and the book of Revelation. Okay, these are earth-shattering, mind-boggling revelations that these people, I mean, we are still so confused. Uh, unless you are myself, when you read the book of Revelation. But, but I think it's interesting to note that the circumstances in which both of those stories were written, Ezekiel, the Bible, he, he, the beginning, it says that I was with the exiles in Babylon by the river Kebar. Meaning that Nebuchadnezzar had taken over Jerusalem and taken over all of, all of the, he had uh, taken all of, either killed everybody and those who were not killed were taken as, as exiles. So when you say that I, am an, I was an exile by the river Babylon, uh, it, it's, it's not, you know, going to Unity Park for a visit. He, they had, these people had probably witnessed such severely traumatic events. They needed some kind of therapy, some kind of breakthrough, whatever. It was a very horrific situation. Probably they were underfed, probably mistreated. Most likely it was the most devastating point, the lowest point in their lives. And Ezekiel says, I was there with the exiles. And then he says, and the spirit of the Lord took me up. And he begins to talk about stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with the exile. And he sees the glory of the Lord. And the rest of the book is just a compilation of what he saw in the spirit. Uh, uh, are you following what I'm saying? Uh, the apostle John. He was on the island of Patmos. And Patmos is not a vacation destination. Come on somebody. Eh? Patmos was a, a place of banishment. 
History says that the, the emperor at that time, Domitian, was actually trying to kill him. And they tried, there's actually a place in Rome that is kind of a, a, a tourist attraction where they tried to kill John. And they tried to kill him by, by uh, uh, dousing him or boiling him in oil seven times and John just refused to die. And so they didn't know what to do with John. So they put him on the island to live the rest of his days in banishment. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a, a luxury vacation, come on somebody. It was a place of, of, of great, great pain for him. But it says that on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I saw. And that's how the book of Revelation begins. And the Lord showed him something by way of that internal light that was so far removed from the banishment. It showed Ezekiel something so different from the Kebar River. Hallelujah. And it's for this reason that darkness is not darkness for God. In fact, if God be true, darkness is opportunity for God. Amen. That's why God is, amen. That's why God is not afraid to even detail that the, the scale of the darkness and how wide and vast it is from the beginning in Genesis talks about how darkness was brooding or the darkness and emptiness was covering the surface of the deep it was dark so it's it's a matter it's a matter of how we see the darkness not whether or not we see the darkness uh, he describes the size of Goliath he doesn't just say Goliath was big it goes into great detail he was huge nine ten feet tall it talks about his armor it talks about his weapons it talks about his his warfare history all right yeah yeah in the case in the case of uh, uh jehoshaphat king of judah all right it talks about how great a vast army came and marched against him it doesn't say it was an army it says it was a vast army in the case of uh, Gideon the Bible says that the Midianites and the Amalekites came together to fight against the children of Israel and they were they, they were as many it looked like just the whole land was like a, 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 a locust had covered the whole land meaning it was a huge huge mess huge darkness huge complications but God is not afraid of the darkness and I would like to announce that Goliath, as big as he was, the bigger he was, it only brought more glory to God. And that Jehoshaphat defeated that vast army with a choir. And that Gideon defeated the Midianites with only 300 men and no weapons, with a torch. Come on, somebody. It tells me that darkness is darkness, but to God it's not as dark as it seems. That God uses the darkness for His own purposes, for His own glory. And there is a light that pierces the darkness if we have an eye to see it from His perspective. Amen? Amen, amen? Praise the Lord. It's dark, but it's not that dark. Because God is in the neighborhood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I told you that, that uh, uh, we have been called into the birthing room to birth something. And I failed to tell you that birth is never pretty. Actually, birth is pretty messy. Birth is actually a, a mini death. Or it's going to the gate of death and coming back to give life to something else. I forgot to tell you that. So it could be a bit complicated. But God is still true and what, it, what has been conceived will be birth. God is not afraid of the darkness. God is not afraid of the birth. Amen. He specializes in chaos. He specializes in darkness. 
In fact, the story of, 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 of Scripture is specializing in the worst of the worst and flipping it around. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's a, a verse that we like in this part of the world. Uh, I would like to quote it at this time, if I may. Psalm chapter 68, verse 31. Envoys will come from Egypt, and Ethiopia will soon stretch forth her hands unto God. And all the Ethiopians said, Amen. And Ethiopia will soon stretch her hands unto God. I know you've heard that before, but I would like to, I've heard so many twists on, on this, so many interpretations, and so many different, like, you know, people have associated this with worship. You know, Ethiopia will worship God, praise the Lord. Ethiopia will give an offering unto God, amen. Um, and I, I think that could be true, and that is true, amen. But when I see this business of stretching forth hands from the scripture, I've n I noticed a pattern when it comes to stretching forth hands. The stretching forth of hands is something that is done not to worship God or, I mean, we do it to worship God, don't get me wrong, but scripturally what we see is that stretching of the hands is something that's done when the darkness is so great that God's intervention has to come now or else it's all over. And stretching of the hands means the tide t changes. The flow goes from one direction to another and God's intervention comes and births a deliverance. But the tipping point is the stretching of hands. All right? The Bible says in Exodus chapter 14 that Moses came to the Red Sea. The children of Israel, they got everything that God had promised. They came out of Egypt. They came out of Egypt with the wealth of Egypt. They came out of Egypt with a visa stamped from Pharaoh himself. And they were on their way and they came to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea was an impassable object. And while they were trapped there, the Bible says that uh, Pharaoh, his heart got hard again. He changed his mind and he brought a huge army to chase the children of Israel. So the children of Israel are now caught between the sea and Pharaoh. And, and Moses is trapped between the sea and Pharaoh and these crazy people that he led out of, out of Egypt. Because the Bible says they turned against him and they began to complain. Say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? You're going to kill us here in this desert. So Moses is now in between, uh, uh, like he's, he's trapped in the, the most difficult of circumstances. You need encouragement at that time, not people rising against you at that time. And, and you know, we, 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 have, we, we have the benefit of hindsight. We know the end of the story, but Moses didn't know the end of the story. Uh, there was a professor that said that history is a foreign language. And history is a foreign country because we're so far removed from the, 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 the feelings and the sentiments of a, of a drama like that. Like we read, oh, we're reading, drinking our macchiato with our legs crossed comfortably. Oh, Moses is trapped by the sea. Pharaoh is coming. Praise the Lord. For our morning devotions with a latte. Hmm? I promise you Moses was not sipping a latte. I promise you that his heart was palpitating a little bit. I promise you that it was the, probably the most stressful situation that he had ever faced in his life. It's bad enough being in that, in that mess, but you being responsible for that mess. And, and, and the, the Bible says that God came down and said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? It's like 
you know, the perspective of the inner court. It's just so different. Adeline, why? I, I know why he's crying out to you. He's about to die. He better cry out to you. At least he's crying out to you. I would cry out to you. Why are you crying out to me? And then he says, stretch forth your hand and see the deliverance of your God. And as he stretched forth the hand, that became the tipping point where the chaos that was about to consume them was shifted to the greatest deliverance that they've made all kinds of, somebody's making money, making movies of this stuff today. Because somebody stretched their hands. The stretching of the hands is the tipping point from chaos to deliverance, from death to life. There was another time in Exodus 17 when the Amalekites attacked the children of Israel in the wilderness. And Moses told Joshua, you go out and fight with the army. But I will go up on the mountain and I will stretch my hands. Because the stretching of the hands means that chaos is about to take over us. But the outstretched hands, stretching hands unto God is the tipping point from, from, uh, from the extreme darkness to the deliverance of our God and I saw another stretching of the hands when Jesus was on the cross Jesus on the cross it was the most you know that Romans were experts in torture the cross was designed to be the most physically painful uh, uh, experiment known to man and it was also the most humiliating because they hung them up up, up there on the cross naked you know, we put pictures of Jesus with underwear on the cross. I promise you it was designed to be the most humiliating. There was no underwear. There was complete physical torture. Complete emotional shame. But to add misery to all of that, the Bible says that the Father turned his face. And, and Jesus said, my, my, my God... My God, why have you forsaken me? It was the darkest day, not only for Jesus, but for all of everyone who knew him. Even for all of us, it was the darkest of the darkest of the darks. But they made a mistake. They, they, they crucified Jesus with his hands up. And whenever the hands are up, Jesus, it is not the end. It is a tipping point. It means that this final chapter will not be defined by the pain and the misery and the darkness that I am consumed in right now. That three days later, there will be a resurrection. That three days later, that there will be a breakthrough. That morning will last for the night. But joy comes in the morning. That there is a hope against all hope that there is a light somewhere in the midst of darkness and that our God specializes in chaos and I believe that the, 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 the timing of stretching of the hand is crucial the timing it's right in the middle of the pain right in the middle of the chaos right in the middle hallelujah and I believe that we have been commissioned for such a time as this that God would turn this story, this pain that we are going through. Even to be honest with you, this week we had a most disturbing report from some of the worst situation that's, that's going on. And it really is dark and I'm not making light of what the nation is going through. It is serious. It is dark. It is painful. But I would like to suggest that our God who specializes in chaos, that our God who never fails, that God who has never failed and has never lost, 
that he will bring a life and a light out of this drama. That this story will change. I'm bringing you a report, not from the newspaper. I'm bringing you a report from the inner court. That God has said that your light has come. That God has said that it is his time to show up and show off. We lift our hands to God and God will finish the story. God will split the Red Sea. God will defeat the Amalekites. God will open the door. God will make a way where there is no way. We have seen enough of God. Hallelujah. To know that it is not the end. It is actually the beginning. And I have come with a word from the Lord, from the birthing room, that it is time to stretch your hands unto God. That it is time for the tipping point and the story and the narrative to shift. That what God said that he will do and he will finish what he started. You know, I was reminded, uh, the Lord reminded me, it's just funny. Uh, when, when, when we had our second baby, uh, Hannah, when she was born, uh, we, we were in the U.S. before we moved here. And uh, me and my wife, we went to the hospital. Come on, somebody. Because it's birthing time. And uh, if you've been there, you've been there. That stuff is not pretty. Okay? And we're giving birth here. And all of the drama that comes with giving birth, it's all there. I said it's all there. And there was one of our, 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 our the, I was a youth pastor at the time. One of our youth, her name was Beiti. Beiti Asafa. Beiti, if you're watching this, she's now married with her own babies of herself. It's because she sowed a good seed. Uh, so Beiti, without our knowledge, took the keys eh, of our house and went to our house and on her own initiative opened the door and took all kinds of balloons and flowers and welcome home baby and pink and red girl color come on somebody and 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 so so she's over here doing all this because she knows that something is being birthed over there and so there's the two things were happening at the same time we were over here going through the ah, push i think i hope no ah. it looks like it's over it really, I mean, it really looks like it's over. If you've been there, you've been there. But Beatty is over here, flowers. And I found that, see, in a time of chaos, we can choose to focus on the drama or we can f choose to focus on the light that God has given unto us and the promise that God has given unto us. This is not a word for next week or last week. This is a word for right now because if there was ever a darkness in our nation, a, 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 a senseless war, a drama that no one can explain, the, the thief, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We can focus on the thief, but I thank God that the verse does not stop there. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Meaning that the two are sometimes so close together that you can either run to the birthing room or you can run with Beatty to celebrate what God is about to do. And I have an announcement to make today. That God who has never failed and God who never lies, He will birth this promise that this nation will be redeemed in righteousness.
that the hands of begging will turn to hands of blessing that Jesus will show up in this nation and that this continent will see the glory of God and that the whole world will know that there is a God in heaven that he will take our mourning and turn it into joy hallelujah because he never fails and I choose to run not to the birthing room today Pastors, why are we having a bazaar now? Shouldn't we wait? No, we're having a bazaar now because we're going to build this building and God's glory will fall on this building. That this building, Africa Worship Center, will be the fruit of Ethiopia raising her hands unto God. That the timing is right and the timing is now. That it is impossible for God to fail. This is actually... This is this right now where we're at right now. This is kind of a dividing time for the church. You know, uh, the children of Israel, all of them, they looked good. They were so handsome. Until they saw the report that came from the spies that said that there's giants in the land. Then we found out who is who. All right? Everybody was moved by external light. And they said, it's all over for us. Why don't we go back to each thinking about going backwards when God's promise is always forward. But there was two people. Hallelujah. Joshua and Caleb. And God testified to everybody that I have found my servant Caleb. He has a different spirit. He didn't have a different spirit. He just went to the different room. He didn't go to the birthing room. He went to the balloons and flowers. Because he understood that we have a promise from God here. So if you call yourself a member of Beza Church or even a believer in Jesus, this is your testing time right now. This is what separates believers from believers, men from boys, women from girls, except our youth ministry which is taking over us. What we say now is what's most important, not what we say yesterday or what we say tomorrow, what we say now. And I believe the pain will stop, the plague will stop. The division will stop. The hatred will stop. The stealing, killing, and destroying will stop. And Jesus will arise. He will rise in such a way and perform such a miracle. Perform such a miracle. I'm, I'm not speaking as a man today. I believe I've heard a word from the inner courts. That God is here. David was facing Goliath face to face. It was just the two of them. It was his personal problem. Like it was either I'm going to kill you or you're going to kill me. All right. So this was a personal challenge. But speaking of that personal challenge, he said, this day the Lord will hand you over to my hands. And this day the whole, and I'll feed your carcass to the birds of the air. They were like exchanging words, you know, social media, uh, fights and he said I will feed your carcass to the birds of the air but then he said and this day the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel <laughs>
meaning that he was using this personal fight to announce to the whole world who God is. He wasn't praying or, or fighting so that I will win and defeat you, but he was fighting, he was taking his personal fight and fighting for the glory of God. And I think maybe sometimes our problem is that our personal fight, we, we, we fight so that we would be free. Or we fight that we would get a breakthrough. Or we fight that God would, re, re, would help us. But if we could turn, turn our personal fight into the glory of God. Fight for the glory of God. That yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's painful. But this is for the glory of God. That the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I will beat you, but then the whole world will benefit and get the overflow of today's victory. And today's stretching of the hands, I call it the tipping point. We will shift this. The narrative will change. That God, God has given so many signs and words from the inner court. Now, I'm not speaking outer, outer court. Inner court. That God has a way in the storm. That God will turn the tide. It is not by might. It is not by power. It is by the Spirit of God. Only if you agree with me today. Only if you agree. Uh, I want you to stand on your feet. Lift your hands to God and let's begin to thank God. Let's begin to praise God. Let's begin to worship. Stretch your hands unto God. Hallelujah. Let the shift begin now. Hallelujah. Let the tide begin to shift now. Let the rhetoric begin to shift now. Hallelujah. Let us not run to the birthing room. Let us run. Hallelujah. To the flowers. Run to the balloon. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Father God, we give you praise right now. Father God, we lift our hands. Hallelujah. We don't cry unto you. We lift our hands, Father God. Every agency in the world is scrambling. Every government in the world is scrambling what to do. Father God, there is pain, literal pain. There is death, Father God. There is hurting people. There is so much trauma that is going on right now. This is not a man. This is not a, 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 a problem for a man. We need your intervention today, Father God. We need your spirit to come down. We need you to rise up, Father God, like never before. We need you to split the sea. We need to hear and see your hand move. There is no other solution. There is no other wisdom. There is no other help. There is no other agency. Let God arise now and let his enemies be scattered. Let the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, be introduced to Jesus. Hallelujah. Who gives us life and life more abundantly. I thank you, Father God. I praise you, Father God. I give you the highest praise. Hallelujah. Just lift him up right now. Hallelujah. Just run to that house with balloons. Run to the bazaar with flowers. Run to the house and bring your decoration. Bring your party hat. Hallelujah. Yes, we can. Hallelujah. We have a promise from a God who cannot fail. It is not over. It is just beginning. It is not over. It is just beginning. Hey! There is a, a wind that's blowing. Acts chapter 7 verse 20. It says, at that time, Moses was born. At that time, Moses was born. At what time? At the time of chaos. At the time when Pharaoh had said, let all the babies, baby boys born among the, the Hebrews be thrown into the river. 
at the time where there was great confusion, at the time where there was great darkness, at the time of great mourning, mothers losing their children, at the time when there was more questions than answers and there was no solution. At that time, Moses was born. We can choose to focus on the chaos or we can choose to focus on what is being born. Today we have shifted our focus. We have stretched our hands. Hallelujah. The shift has come. There is no human solution to the situation that we are in right now. Just as crazy as Moses scooping uh, cups of water to move, make a way in the Red Sea. It's impossible. Only God. Hallelujah. But God responded to the stretched hands. Hallelujah. One man stretched hands, by the way. One man stretched hands. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. May these hands go straight to heaven today. May the hands send an alarm in the spirit realm today. May the hands be a testimony that we are focusing on our God. We are focusing on the ability and the power of our God. May the, the lightning fall from heaven and bring a solution where there is no solution. Bring peace where there is chaos. May at that time Moses be born. Hallelujah. You are at the right place at the right time. You are not here by accident. Your steps have been ordered. It is time for the tipping point. It is time for a change in the narrative. It is a time for a fresh wind. It is a time for the dry bones to hear the word of the Lord and come to life again. It is not over. It's beginning. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise.